0: Welcome to Rebel Health Radio, bringing the best in alternative and integrative medicine to your ears. Hey everyone, it's Patricia Warby, Alchemy Therapies here, and I just wanted to talk today about emotional decision making. We we tend to think we're logical creatures that make decisions purely from our very enlarged thinking brain, you know, the one that distinguishes us as humans from other animals. And the truth is, actually, most of our decisions are made emotionally from from another part of our brain entirely, usually from the middle part of your brain, which is your limbic brain. And it's um, very much quicker to make decisions that way because it's very instinctive, but it can make errors. And I have just finished watching a really fascinating uh, presentation by a guy called David Charolambas. And I'm going to include the link actually in the description below. But I I wanted to summarise a little of what he was saying, but also add my own thoughts and awarenesses from working with people as I do, trying to resolve emotional trauma and deal with past emotional experiences that have been overwhelming for that person, which is very very common actually and also to relate it perhaps to what's been going on in the world um, in the last few years where we've seen more and more manipulation I think of public perception from the media and I'm not just talking COVID here I'm talking way before then Um, you know the idea even in the UK we went through Brexit which was a massive manipulation of kind of emotionality on both sides and so it was almost impossible to have a dialogue, which is what happened. And it's being repeated now, of course, with the with the vaccination uh, debate. Well, it was isn't a debate, but, you know, the polarization I've talked about elsewhere. So we we really have these brains that are instinctive, emotional and lead us into making decisions that are perhaps not logical. And I think it's it's a good point, actually, that um, that can then be manipulated artificially by people that understand this, you know, people who are trained in behavioural modification. You see it even in uh, sales, you know, when trying to make sales, like when you want to buy, I don't know, a soda and you're offered a bigger one for a very tiny amount more. That's behavioural modification, it, you're, Nine times out of 10, you're going to say yes to the bigger one because it seems better value. People in marketing know this um, and certainly governments know this because they're advised by people that are trained in these kinds of manipulations. And of course, that's a very simplistic example uh, that David gave. And I thought it was a very good one. But there are ones now that we're seeing which are very much more dangerous, perhaps Um, the manipulation of perception. So not just um, your purchasing choices, but how you see yourself. And that's something, of course, that I work with on a one to one basis when I work with people is that they're often full of shame. They often have experiences that taught them that they were not enough, that life is difficult or or suffering is normal. Um, and, And my job is really to lead them very gently to feeling more in tune with the truth of who they are and less about the beliefs that they are adopted to survive their situation when they were young. Governments can do this also by changing perhaps um, the way you feel about yourself in relation to others. So the identity that you adopt, for for instance, in the early part of the pandemic, we were all encouraged very strongly actually to go and clap for carers, which I did and many people did um, on a Thursday evening. It kind of became a weekly event, and the idea there was to signal to other people that you cared and that you were all in this together. And that was, for a while, it was a laudable aim. Um, it didn't actually stand up because then a few months later they were offered the most uh, derisory pay increase, which didn't even take into account inflation. So clearly, this was not about uh, how much the government cared about the NHS. Uh, the public health system in the UK, but it was all about social signaling that we we seem to care. Um, And the reality was not not very much, actually. Um, We all want to belong. That's definitely the case with most human beings. We want a tribe to belong to. We like to feel part of something because we're biopsychosocial creatures. And we have a system in our brains, actually, um, that aligns with other people, dependent on their emotions, dependent on what they're signaling to us. So if someone else uh, looks friendly to us, we're more likely to approach them. If they look angry, we're more likely to be angry ourselves or get defensive depending on our style. And and so um, using a sort of uh, identity of what I believe can often be signaled publicly. So for instance, you'll see um, people badging their identity on Facebook or wherever of what they have taken what choices they've taken in regard to the vaccine for instance and that's um, a very interesting point you know that, that I'd never seen up to this point in time I hadn't ever noticed people badging anything else but it seemed like it was a moral decision and so that was very clearly being signaled and many of us felt pressure to do the same and kind of take this up as a, as a cause. Now, understand that um, the problem is it's never enough. It's never enough. Whether you have you start off with the right reasons, if you, you're you having uh, you're following the, the narrative, you'll get to the point where the narrative just keeps shifting. And so whether you wear masks all the time or you wear two or or whatever it, it seems like you're never satisfied because um, a very important point david made which i thought was so brilliant was that it satisfies a sort of the want of safety to say do this and you'll be fine but it doesn't satisfy the need of safety because it, it actually um, does not supply the safety that it claims to Uh, As we're seeing now, as restrictions in the UK are are being released, you'll see people don't feel safe. Many people commenting, you know, they still don't feel safe because they've had such a huge amount of of fear driven narrative around what's out there that, that they don't actually feel that the solution, which was put to us a year ago or so, has actually dealt that. We still have huge amounts of infections, even though they're very mild um, we still don't feel safe in environment, particularly now as we've been polarised into camps of the haves and the have-nots, let's say. So um, all of this is understood and was actually designed. In the UK, we have a committee called the uh, SAGE Committee, um, which not only advises on uh, science, but on behavioural science. And to get people to comply, they they use some of these very, very... Uh, interesting techniques of social signaling um polarizing people um how you would uh react to things if people if things are kind of drip fed and you're made to feel uh, that you're making a moral decision you're much more likely to take things on and so that's re- really how it becomes entrenched um, and if you disagree with what what's being given to you as the solution uh you are instantly going to trigger in people um a sense of being immoral you're immoral and that triggers parts of your brain uh involved in disgust and so this is why whenever you raise a question you will get shot down and that's what's been happening and it's quite extraordinary and so we don't really have any scientific dialogue right now or what we do have is highly censored and to uh, my horror actually because i've come from a very expensive scientific training and part of the scientific method is to be in discussion, in dialogue, to disagree and then have to kind of put forward your point of view um, but in a kind of non-emotional way and of course I think that's why recently there was the case of um, one of a senior, the con- senior consultants in the NHS uh, put his point very very well when asked by our health minister why he didn't want the, the the jab and he talked in very unemotional ways and i think that's why he was very very successful in getting his point over is because people weren't able to immediately rally against him because he sounded so reasonable and he did admit always when people questioned him he would say you might have a point but i'm not prepared to x and so They had no hook to get him in, whereas perhaps if it had been someone more emotional like myself, I would have gone, but what do you mean? You know, I'd have jumped to a conclusion and and tried to defend myself. And of course, that's where you get people jumping on you because you're triggering their sense of disgust. So um, I think he did so well to argue the case um, against the mandates and and was one of the instrumental reasons why uh, so far anyway, it's been overturned. So we've got we've got these entrenched polarities now, which I've talked about extensively. And, you know, facts actually have no impingement when you have a belief system that is being manipulated deliberately and is subject to a huge amount of propaganda, which puts the other view, which benefits, as we know, um, certain groups more than others uh, particularly you know the wealthy the people that have invested large amounts of money in the media in uh, pharmaceutical medicine and so on and so we we have an artificial manipulation there's no doubt about that and many people wanting a simple solution want to turn to something that's going to end the fear because the fear is the most pervasive thing that makes people uh you know, we, we, none of us want fear or pain and we'll always move away from that. But some of us are also motivated by um, a, a fear of constriction, of limitation, of government overreach. Um, one of my top values, it turns out, is freedom. And it's probably one of, one of the reasons why I don't agree with the current narrative. But there's another reason, and that is because I've already faced in my life, a situation where all my values were overturned or all my previous beliefs were overturned. I've talked about this before in other videos, but how I became ill uh, with a chronic fatigue style illness when I was sort of early thirties and turned to medicine for help, which I had been trained in. And, um, you know, I had firmly believed in all my life that you got ill, you went to the doctor, You, you if the doctor couldn't help, you got secondary uh, consultancy and you found what the problem was and it got dealt with. And that's not what happened for me. I had this immense challenge because I just went from doctor to doctor, I had tests after tests and, and nothing resolved. And actually what happened was I got iller and iller because I was being symptomatically treated rather than looking at the root cause. And so for me, when I first discovered natural medicine, very much against the grain, very much against my belief systems at that time, and certainly was not born believing in natural medicine or health, um, I had to learn it from the ground up. And it was because my foundation was completely shaken when I realized the doctors had nothing to offer me. Uh, And in fact, not just not helping me, they were actually making me worse. And so I've already faced that in my life where I've had to shake my foundation, change the way I feel about certain things, and question everything. And then going into working in the natural health field myself, you know, I'm trained in natural medicine, in clinical massage, um, EFT, which is a, a, a form of emotional uh, shift. You, you create, a, a, through tapping on the body, you create emotional shifts. Um, And now more recently, trauma release with EMDR, um, which is a really interesting way of dealing with memory um, using eye movements. I've I've had to retrain, shake everything that I thought I knew and reconfigure, but not forget my scientific past and use that, that critical thinking, the brain that questions everything and says, does this fit? Does this concur with the data? And right now, I think we're in a very strange, what's called a cognitive dissonance of the data does not fit what we're being told. Um, And so we've got people like me um, disagreeing gently, um, perhaps sometimes too vehemently being told we're crazy and selfish and worse than that, we're conspiracy theorists, which, from my past I'm simply not I've always been against that kind of knee-jerk reaction to everything's bad or everything's good uh, or everything is being manipulated by them whoever they are Um, that doesn't fit with my worldview at all I see human beings as much more complex as systems of government of policy of business are all very very convoluted and complex and cause humans to make decisions which don't always seem logical And I see them as very vulnerable actually. Um, So conspiracy doesn't really fit with my worldview. I I always think that I believe in humans far too much as as agents of change. So um, we've had had this vast amount of money poured into systems somewhat government supported that enable conformity, the movement towards everybody doing one thing. Uh, would have got quite extreme, actually. If you think about what would have been possible at the beginning of the pandemic and what's possible now, you'll see that people, over time, this drip, drip feed of fear, have got used to the levels of restriction and actually fear the relaxation. Um, and so, we're seeing more guilt, more shame as as people want, or either some people want to come out of the situation we're in, other people want to stay where we are. For, Uh, and there's a lot of guilt tripping and and shame use of shame to keep people in line and we're we're seeing that more and more and it's completely irrational because it's based on your emotional brain so that's never going to be a good place because that shuts down your cognitive capacity and so um, we've got we've got vast amounts of what's called cognitive dissonance which is just a very long term for something that doesn't fit your 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 established values if you like but you 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 ignore that because somehow you want to avoid the pain or the discomfort you want to go for the path of least resistance towards a goal that feels morally correct and that's your emotional decision making so the cognition says no the emotions say yes and guess what the emotions win every time all right so that's something you need to understand so um making things more difficult for those of us who disagree or want to argue this is very clearly happening right so we're being restricted we're being shut down we're being removed um it's it's a a really difficult arena to be speaking out in and you'll see many of us are, are doing our best without um provoking some sort of uh, you know obliteration which has been going on um, some forms of uh, stop, stop. Some, some sort of censorship which is going on uh, under the radar well, actually, most people don't even understand, but uh, it's it's going on all over the place if you disagree. so um. The final step, actually, in this manipulation is, is kind of where we pit one person against the other and force people to attack each other. And that's happening, uh, particularly, we're seeing it in Canada, we're seeing it um, now in, in Russia and U- Ukraine, of course. And we're seeing lots of um, decision making based on this us and them mentality, which is ultimately violent. It's ultimately Um, anti-progressive and uh, the results are pretty devastating now um, the way to break this down because i want to finish up with um the the positive really is is to ask people what they mean when they come back with these knee-jerk emotional reactions and and get some sort of dialogue going which enables you to agree on common points So most of us attack from the points of which we disagree and we don't try and make connection with the things that we can actually agree on. And so in this health arena right now, we can all agree that the health systems of our nations are struggling, that we're overwhelmed with sickness and health is largely ignored. Um, We could all agree that there, there must be a better way. A way forward that enables our health systems to be more fit for purpose. That allows greater, not just greater investment in terms of money, but investment in terms of uh, public policy. You know, making uh, our lifestyles more uh, accountable to uh, what we can do at home to promote health and well-being. You know, so making people walk more by encouraging less. Car journeys, for instance, um, uh, encouraging healthy eating and so on, which we kind of we pay lip service to in this country, but it's not really done. And just understanding that there's no single cause to any of this as a problem. We can't say it's this thing or that thing. We can only say that it's a vast array or confluence of different inputs that are kind of taken together by the brain and the perception is made uh, according to your past experience of course and so for people who've never had to doubt that governments have their best interests at heart or that medicine is seeking to solve every problem efficiently and and well um, then what's going on would seem logical Uh, but for me who's faced this decision many times in my life and I've worked with hundreds of people who've also faced this decision where you see that medicine has been co-opted has been bought out by vested interests maybe that's a point of agreement actually it might well be one that we can say that vested interests and profit have become the motive of healthcare in most western countries and is that something we want to tolerate so that would be a good uh, discussion point for all of us i think But just looking for simple answers is never going to give us what we want. And learning to move beyond your classification or your identity, which says I am a something, into I'm open. I'm open to questioning stuff and seeing where that leads me. I think that is where we need to go away from this divide and conquer towards meeting somewhere in a set of shared values and we need that discussion we need that so badly right now um and i hope this video makes some contribution to that well if any of this has intrigued you or outraged you i'm happy to take comments take care everyone contact me through alchemytherapies.co.uk bye for now Hope you enjoyed listening to Rebel Health Radio. Do subscribe and look forward to catching you soon.